Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back to talk one last time about Mr. Robot for episodes 412 and 413, titled Who Am I and Hello Elliot, respectively. Uh, Aaron, it's the last time I'm going to ask you this for this show. What do you think of these episodes? It's very complicated because... While I was watching them, I really liked the first episode, and then I got like through the th- the like thirty minutes into the second part of the finale, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't this, I don't know this, you know this 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 is, and then it it kind of like recovered at the thirty minute part, and I decided that like after I watched it the first time, I didn't read anybody's opinions or thoughts. I'm like, I think this is a good finale, and this is a great show. But it didn't. Th- this finale didn't like elevate or like increase my enjoyment of the show. It was just a nice little kind of like bookend to it. Mm-hmm. And as I was w- w- watching it again, and and then I, I actually went and started looking at other people's opinions. I keep going back and forth. Like sometimes I'll I'll look at the finale from a certain thing and I think, oh man, it did that really really brilliantly. And then in some others, I think like, wait a second, that doesn't really answer anything. And I feel like that this is kind of like one of those shows like uh, like Lost or maybe a better comparison is like Sopranos where it does something audacious and people are going to have to sit and, and, and think about it for a while to feel, feel like, you know, where they land on. I mean, there's no short of people that are loving this, this finale mm-hmm. and Mr. Robot. Seems like there's um, a minority, but a vocal one of people that like thought that this is 40 hours of their time wasted because it didn't pay off some mm-hmm. of these big mystery box things. And it reminds me yeah. of like, you know, like in, in, they don't do this anymore. I don't think, but like an old video game magazines, they used to review like a video game by like its story, gameplay, graphics and sure. sound. Yeah. And then they'd have an amalgam of that review. So I feel like Sam Esmail set out to do something creatively ambitious, emotionally resonant, but also saying something important about our culture and our society. And he chose the like mystery box vehicle to wrap it all in. So if I was going to give like an old game informer style review, I'd say creatively 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. emotional resonance, 10 out of 10, something important about our culture and society, six out of 10 and mystery box five out of 10. And Mm -hmm. I've been saying all season long that I'm really trying to distance myself from a need to have these mystery box things pay off for there to be some big particle collider, alternate reality, everyone living in simulation tubes, Neo waking up in a vat of goo moment, right? Yeah. Even still, I was a little bit bummed that there weren't answers to some of those questions. And I guess I was—I would have secretly been delighted if, if Sam was lying to us all along and there was some kind of big close encounter of the Elliot kind thing. Hmm. If I'm one of my brothers and sisters on the forums and then Reddit and out there who was not emotionally armoring and creating uh, uh, alternate personalities myself ready to accept this reality, I imagine I'd be really bummed out and disappointed. Sure, because it it turns out that wasn't even a question he was trying to answer yeah. for you, and 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 I see people getting treated like it's it's almost like gaslighting. Like there's people out there saying that not only was this show never a mystery box, <laughs> what kind of fucking idiot would ever think that you would get answers? Like like there's this kind of like smug dismissal of. 
people who did pick up on these breadcrumbs erroneously and were running way mm. too far with them, like they did something wrong. Like Sam Esmail wasn't intentionally having all these multiple layers of puzzles, alternate reality games, what, or the, where all this stuff is is woven multiple times through this. I, I I mean I see. Like I'm not. I don't share that like bitter disappointment, right. but I see why it's there, and I don't understand why people are trying to tell people that they were stupid for falling for that <laughs> anyway so i feel like i covered yeah, all my bases what do you think on the other hand so so i really liked uh a i think this this season of television has been great mm-hmm. uh it's it's done so many different things so well uh the finale i liked a lot i enjoyed the experience of watching it i did not feel like it blew my mind at the end and i like you was very much this season gearing up for uh, I was just kind of leaving my heart open, right? Like, mm-hmm. y- y- do what you want with this show, Sam. I'm yeah. not going to come in here with many expectations. Right. And so when I got to the end, I felt like, okay, cool. That that was a well-executed landing for this series. It didn't need to be anything else uh, for me to feel satisfied. But at the same time, like, it didn't blow my mind, right? It's not, it's not the best finale of any show I've ever seen. Uh, it, it's not totally recontextualizing everything i thought about the show because these these in, this ending has been kind of theorized for a long time in fact when when we first found out about the third uh, identity i think we yeah. laid out like a four or five maybe six point of like what it could be based on what people's speculations were mm-hmm. and this was probably the most conservative boring of those that this was just yeah and Elliot's i think that's really repressed anger and yeah yeah, yeah. but but that that reflects the rest of the series emotionally mm-hmm. so it, it landed for me but and i think there tra- are people out there yeah. so invested in their feelings about sam being a genius right it i see so many people going like sam's a genius therefore there must be more here and they're digging and they're right. digging and they're not finding it because why are these dates off by one what did the mother leave in this yes. safety deposit why, box? why was angela so convinced the, yes. the white rose machine must have worked here's here's a laundry list of things that right. have to be true because sam's just too good not not to have done anything with those right it turns out that doesn't have to be true you were you're giving Sam an awful lot of credit, and I give him credit too. He did a hell of a job with this series. I will say that this is, I think, tons of evidence, and you're already seeing in the first week people rewatching the series and just flooding places with like all these. I do feel like that this is exactly what he intended to do from the yes. very beginning, and he and did a so magnificent of job yes. of, of weaving all that stuff. Like, in like Elliot, the Mr. Robot, series. struggling for control, and like all the yes. different like that makes so much more sense when you think about them just being aspects at war than like one aspect at war with the Elliot Prime. Right. Like a lot of those things just track so beautifully and. But Angela didn't have any altars. And yeah. Then, like White Rose Machine probably didn't work. It was yeah. probably a delusion. And even if it wasn't, we'll never know. And like uh, all these things. And and there are wine bottles that say 2017 when this takes place in 2015. Sam's not that much of a genius. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he's very good at making television. Yeah. He's a very good storyteller. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. So like you can't just hand wave everything away and say, well, Sam's a genius, and therefore this must all be bigger than we see. Right. Yeah, no, that's because the other I think, side. I, I the... think the, the ending of this series is much smaller than mm-hmm. a lot of people expected, right? It's yeah. much more personal. It's not about the world-changing events. It's not about some alternate dimension. It's much more about Elliot and whether he's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's a great ending for this series. Man, some of my ambivalence, my little bit of ambivalence is like... Uh... 
Elliot's speech at the end, because again, I think that, you know, this is about a young man's fractured mind, sure, mm-hmm. but it wasn't only about that. It was also about this, you know, the stuff that also drove me fucking crazy. Like every yeah. time I feel like Sam tried to comment on the economy and why it's unfair, like he either he doesn't understand it or he was dumbing it down for a standard audience to where too, too much. I yeah. Thought. Like, like if you dumb it down in such a way that like an econ major would be like, well, here's why you shouldn't listen to Mr. Robot because mm-hmm. none of this shit is real and would work. And it's like sci-fi. Then you fucked it up. Like it, you should simplify yeah. things in a way that when people dig into it more, they're like, Oh my God, this thing goes deeper. Like it's, it's simplified in, in a very shallow kind of way. And, and it's a shame because you have a teaching opportunity here, right? Like yeah. you could have taken the enthusiasm for the other parts of the show and taught people things about the economy right. and society. Right, right, right. And they go the other way. So, and it could be that like, it, you know, one of the nagging things back in my mind is like maybe what Sam is attacking at some of the things society are just like he's actually he, he doesn't understand or they're not true. So his anger is misplaced. I don't know. Those are the things I'm, I'm trying to work through. But like mm-hmm. just to give you an example of what I've been doing for the last four days is like I'm thinking like this thing with, with Elliot where he's like, you know, maybe we should all just be ourselves and show up f- f- for whatever, whatever we're showing up for every day. And then the world will change around this like. That seems very dangerous, naive advice for oh, the, the world, world will, we're will change in. around you. It's just you won't have any effect on it. Right. Yeah. The <laughs> world, like all, all the people who are getting out and doing things to change things, yeah. good and bad, are going to have their way and you're going to just going to sit it out. But then I'm like, also, psychologically, the worst thing you can do um, is be hard on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. like every perceived failure to harp on that and that can paralyze you too. So maybe this theme of like, be your authentic self and forgive yourself is actually what we need to hear. So we will get off our ass and do something because we'll do it from a healthy frame. We'll do it from an emotional place of like love and openness and giving rather mm-hmm. than like exhaustion and being defeated. And so like I keep going back, it's like, I man, it's not the story that I want. That's not the, that's not the lesson, the moral lesson I wanted Mr. Robot to impart, but who am I to say that it's not something that is is valuable. And to the extent that I think Sam Esmail fucked up some of the basic economic questions, the fact that like three or four years ago, hardly anybody was talking about, you know, like, like it it was a very minority non-mainstream opinion to harp about the 1% of the 1% Mm. and to wring your hands about billionaires and what the, what the fuck, what the fuck are they doing pumping hundreds of million dollars into our economy, not paying taxes? This is a very, like, this is something that's talked about over dinner tables now. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Robot is not a huge part of that because its audience wasn't that big. But it's definitely yeah. it's it's definitely part of that like crowbar in society wedging this door mm-hmm. into this bigger issue open and like let's get some light. Like I don't have all the answers, fuck it, but let's let's start opening this door and seeing what scatters scurries out. So like yeah. that is important. And when Mr. Robot started, almost nobody was talking about that. Yeah, it was Occupy Wall Street era, right? It was, and Occupy Wall Street was just a bunch of weirdos camping out in public, snapping in all their meetings, and like it was, it was something that like the, everyone in the mainstream shit, shit on because yeah. it things hadn't rolled downhill enough to where I right. mean, so nowadays like everybody's like either is affected by it or you know someone's affected or you're so fucking insulated in your economic and social bubble that you're probably honestly part of the problem. Mm. And I, I, so that's the fact that he tackled that in a way that was engaging and has people talking about it, I think is, is valuable, even if he didn't do what I would want to do with that opportunity. So 
yes, I love Mr. Robot. I think the season finale is good, but like I'm still literally up in my air about I'm up in the air about like like what reputation will the show have five years from now, ten years from now? And I yeah. think that's a lot of things we've been we've been talking about when we do like when shows go off the air. Um, you know, like what will be the lasting impact? Will we kind of feel like Sopranos where it's like, well, that ending was weird, but like actually it makes sense when you really think about it and read this 50,000 word dissertation uh, and it'll explain everything. Or will people like continue to pick apart the holes and the the plot threads that went nowhere and see that like the emperor had no clothes? I, I, I don't feel think like it'll more... be that severe. I, I, no. think, I think it's going to be a thing where it'll come with a caveat. Like Mr. Robot is a great show. Yeah. But don't expect all the answers at yeah. the end. Yeah. And I don't know. There's There could be, like, again, if you rewatch the show from the beginning, it could be that with the knowledge that you have, that these plot holes that you thought were going to be plot holes aren't actually. Because, like, mm-hmm. people have already, I've already seen could things, be. like, where um, I, the, the, the one I was in, in particular thinking about is, like, Christian Bale's performance when Elliot was explaining from his position how he got thrown out the window. Uh-huh, Christian and like, Slater. What did I say? Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, Bale, Slater, they're both Christians. That's uh, the important part. Uh, Christian Slater lost 50 pounds for this role. And he it's was amazing. the sixth alt. Did you know that? <laughs> um, I, I, it, what shit was I saying? Uh-huh. Um, no, like the, the thing where, like, if you look at Christian Slater's performance when Elliot's, like, how he's reacting to Elliot talking, like, just fabricating details of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, like the annoyance and exasperation is a completely and kind of slight eye rolly is a complete different emotional payload than when you were seeing it for the first time. Absolutely. And if those compound to by the time and when you get to the fourth season and you're just like, well, you know, obviously this stuff isn't important because it's not important. These are, you know, what what Elliot's delusional mind, his paranoid mind is fixating on. Like a lot of these things just might not be issues at all. But I'm not going to be the guy that's going to spend 40 hours watching yeah, this in the fi- next. Fire up the Mr. Robot rewatch podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Those who are in a position to do so yeah. um, would be probably well rewarded to spend mm-hmm. a January and February rewatching and making an exhausting video because there's an appetite for it. Yeah. There's a definite appetite for it. I just are. Uh, that's not how we're set up to do so. No. Um, I'm, 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 I've already traveled through the light tunnel. I've popped out Elliot's pupil. I've said goodbye mm-hmm. to my friend and I'm, that's good enough for me. Okay. Let's get into the recap, shall we? We should. We got a lot to recap and forgive me because this is going to be a kind of messy recap. I didn't know where to cut a lot of scenes, but we'll, we'll stumble through it. Uh, so we start with Elliot waking up, uh, wherever he is and the power plant is gone. It's been replaced by a community center and he wanders downtown where he finds the Mr. Robot store and he goes inside and we realize now that we're seeing the other side of last week's episode uh, where he spots his dad uh, and he picks up his cell phone and like you, you understand what's going on this here. This is Angel's parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he takes off. And... Mr. Robot by sticks hitting on the logo Mm-hmm. big smile on my face yeah. like when you know that's that's been something that's been long awaited like when is it going to hit when is it going to hit when it finally hit it was a moment and i thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah. go hit up the lyrics of mr robot and have fun show seeing how well it like fits with the the plot and themes of mr robot it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's pretty amazing uh i got a very back to the future vibe from 
everything happening here from like we talked about with these old timey signs outside the community center. It was all kind of framed like, you know, Marty uh, waking up in a weird suburb, yeah. a weird alternate version of his suburb. He does like a full jaywalk through an intersection, almost gets he ran over. Just like Marty does. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Um, th- so something that I noticed right off the bat is the cars. All the cars are white. Every single car, with the exception of one in this universe, is white. And they're all like electrics or hybrid electrics. Seems like it, yeah. Hybrid vehicles. Because um, there's like just a bunch of Priuses and Teslas and not sure what they're getting at other than like some weird utopian universe that he's set up here. Uh, and the, the Mr. the Mr. Robot store, the nature of it, was a little strange to me. It almost seems like Edward in this fictional universe is not a computer repairman. He's just like a tinkerer and a hobbyist because everything in his store is like a fucking boost mobile cricket wireless store. Like he's selling cell phones and electronics and gadgets. The radio shack route. Except for he was able to maintain But but that's all in the back room. Like Uh all of the repair shit, like he doesn't yeah. It didn't seem like there were any signs saying, oh, yeah, get your computer repaired here. It was more just like right. electronics and gadgets and stuff. I mean, the reality is almost every mom and pop computer store has mm-hmm. gone out of business a long time ago. So to maintain yeah. that fantasy, you know, like like maintain this this uh, cocoon for Elliot Prime to, to live in and be happy with that he had to do things like that does that world evolve because elliot is well that's a big question about like does information from the real world penetrate and it has to right, right? because changes universe because otherwise he'd be stuck did... in the 80s and and also elliot didn't know that like i think the big piece of evidence is angela's true relationship with philip price okay like like he had no idea he was her father at the beginning of this adventure so like there that like that loop had to evolve to incorporate that information and now you've got a father-in-law who is going to be philip and not the guy you thought was angela's dad this whole time so yeah i think there's been gotcha that that probably that that loop probably evolved as he learned new things Mm -hmm. um but there again, what that's, did Elliot think of that? <laughs> like that's what the, yeah. the real Elliot. Well, he's in an in Alderson it. loop. Like it, like there, yeah. like what he said at the end of the last episode about like I like my life, but I can't help feeling like I'm just living this loop, this endless loop of the same thing over and over and over again. Because he, in fact, was. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Is like all this like dual identity disorder stuff, or duplicate identity, or multiple identity stuff, like. I don't understand that and it seems like it's pretty cutting edge psychology like it's it's very it's actively being discussed and debated and there's very strong opinions on both sides about whether it's even a real thing like what are repressed memories what kind of therapeutic techniques uh uncover those are the therapeutic in, in the techniques actually embed these like so like I don't know what to think about like how a shard of someone's personality can spin some kind of simulation that they keep their real self preoccupied with mm-hmm. and, and how they jockey for it. like that stuff's never made literal sense to me but in the context of this world yeah it's like he's updating the holodeck yeah there's like you know loop loop 334 is oh oh shit uh angela's dad's price better put that in there mm-hmm. but but also like it he's he's evil incarnate right like there's like jokes meta jokes about that within the loop itself are there Hmm. yeah like when he answers the door it's like i know i know you think i'm evil incarnate because i'm your but like 
Yeah, Philip okay. Price, CEO yeah. of E Corp, was positioned as evil in Cor- Carnate. So, sure. I don't know. It's fun. So Elliot follows his father to his house, uh, and a girl approaches him on the sidewalk and asks where he's been. Uh, Edward leaves his house, and then Elliot asks the girl if she knows where his sister is. That's strange to her because he doesn't have one. And Elliot's mother spots him across the street and invites Elliot in for lunch. Uh, like I said, this neighborhood is back to the future as fuck. Mm-hmm. I keep expecting Crispin Glover to drop out of a tree yeah, somewhere. So I was like, of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, who is this girl? So I know she was in season one, episode four, in The Dream. Yes. When he was in this universe for a while. Yeah. But who is this supposed to be to Elliot? Is it simply a girl he knew from his childhood in the neighborhood? Is it... I'm it yes, and I also think okay. that there's no way it can possibly matter. It's like, yeah. I I think I'm with you on that, especially since I think it's the same actor too, and both like it's just the slight. This okay. is the older version, like four years older version of the twelve year old girl that had to play the girl on the bike before, and uh-huh. that's supposed to add to the otherworldly nature of it. The fact that like this is some girl who is important to neighborhood and not a whole not certainly four years haven't passed in showtime and now she's four years older mm-hmm. it's like you know us and the audience and how we intersect with all that and how how weird it all is yeah yeah uh a lot of that strangeness strangeness around angela's younger self too there's also some like kind of like um the shining type impossible geometry like elliot's the configuration of elliot's house has changed mm-hmm. Uh, I know we talked about this in like uh, in in season two. I think of, I think it was asserted that the outside of F society is an impossible art piece of architecture. Like the way the alley and how close the buildings are, and the way the 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 door to the exterior. Like there's there's no way that set can be like that by what we know from the outside of the boardwalk and the inside of F society arcade. So just like in the Overlook Hotel there's rooms and corridors that can't logically exist based on where we see windows and doors. I think that Esmail is playing with that a little bit too with like, you know, Hey, the interiors of these rooms change at a whim and it's all, this is all fan. It's it's like another, I mean, I'd say it's early foreshadowing, but like, it seems ridiculous to say that about the 39th hour of television, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's a little weird to me. I'm trying to, trying to parse how much control the mastermind here actually has over this universe because it's clear that he created it and he did so as a sort of prison for elliot but when he when he when he he wakes up in the prison and he doesn't fucking know anything about the prison yeah he's he's shocked at what he finds in the prison of his own construction and i don't like those earthquakes are cognitive dissonance is what i kind Uh of uh assign the, the the label to is like anytime where either elliot prime or yeah, I, I guess the internet's called a Melliot, Mastermind Elliot, mm-hmm. um, realizes that this isn't congruous with my life experience. The world shakes because, like, you know, like, oh, we're, we're, we just hit the wall of the holodeck. We, we, we understand this isn't real. Yeah, but when he constructs it, like, he's constructing his old house, right? But Why he would he put a closet where he... he f- forgot his sister was his sister and not a potential lover. Like, Melliot does Did this. he, or was that the real Elliot breaking through and... Well, During it's weirder like, for the real Elliot to forget that it's, you know, no, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I, I have this. so many questions. Right. That, you'd I have said. to do a whole rewatch to 
to get at but i can't defend this but emotionally i'm intuiting that like yes this is something that the um that that the the mastermind elliot does and you know like you know, like like the the missing three days are so important mm -hmm. like i it seems like the plain reading on that is that's just where mr robot took control because he had to do the five nine hack yeah now well, I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about this now because I'm also unclear about the delineation of the duties between the protector and the mastermind who wanted to... F so he's a protector too, but he looks to eliminate threats from Elliot's future. Hmm. But he gets so wrapped up in it that he forgets what he's doing and then another personality, Mr. Robot, who's got his own agenda, has got to be like, hey, 5-9 hack, that seems like something cool that you'd want to do, right? Like he has to trick him into participating again, and then somewhere along the way, he loses interest in in supporting the the actions of the vengeful, uh, of right. the vengeful Elliot. And that's what I say, mastermind. Because I, if I take the show at its word, we haven't seen Elliot Prime the entire length of the show. Like it's been fake Elliot, and well, no. So there was a moment that they mentioned where he talked with Darlene. When. They they said like two months ago. It was it was a couple episodes ago, and they said like, um, it was Christian Slater in the boardroom talking mm -hmm. with the rest of his family, saying he woke up two months ago, and that I think is one of the moments where like regular like real Elliot, whatever that means, mm -hmm. uh, woke up, kind of came out of the prison. Yeah, I wonder what briefly what they're talking about because I, I it can makes see, sense people like, do that with Tarlene. I, I saw people talking about how like you see flashes of like the vindictive persecute the persecutorial mother coming through like when she rips up that one Iron Mountain guy mm -hmm. and you can see where like the little kid version of Elliot takes over and it's obvious obvious when Mister Robot takes over mm -hmm. but like yeah I wonder when that was when we saw Elliot Prime anyway yeah we I don't think we ever pinpointed which conversation that was but we know it happened at some point. Um, so we're inside the house. Elliot sees a photo of his family without Darlene. His mother is acting very strange, and he realizes that everything has changed, including maybe his own past. And he goes to look at the window in his bedroom, but his room is just a closet now. Uh, his mom points him to his new room, and he sees all the awards he's won, uh, which I call bullshit on because they just say, Elliot Alderson Computer Award Best Gamer. Mm -hmm. Do that's, they really? That's not an award. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he asks his mom about the accident, but she doesn't recall what he's talking about. And he asks if either she or his father ever heard him. She says, nope. Ask if something happened with Angela and alludes to them getting married, which sends a Elliot off to her apartment to find her. Uh, Back to the Future is fuck inside the house, too. There's Huey Lewis in the news poster. There are skateboards everywhere. Like, couldn't get much more Back to the Future. The what was the deal with the curtains? Person. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I I trust they're different, but it's like uh -huh. the show wanted me to be like, wow, what a profound. But like I've been in this room many different times. I've been in this room when it was a prison. I've been in this room when it was just his mom's house. And like I just yeah. I don't have that eye for interior decor and I didn't have time to go back and like look to see. But it's like I wonder what they're trying to get at with these curtains. Um, I don't know. She clearly wanted those for 30 years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, Getting anything more to say about this scene or are we talking about visiting angela's apartment or we or that's where we're going nope, that's next. where we're headed okay. now uh on the way to angela elliot asks us if we're buying any of this uh he refuses to buy it until he sees angela and then he arrives at her apartment she unfortunately is not home but her parents philip and emily invite him in to chat um philip pours the drinks that we see you know the the 
in the last episode with the blood in the trash can. Um, Elliot spots this collage that Angela made for him as a gift. Emily says that Edward came by and showed him his gift for Angela. And then they share drinks uh, until the other Elliot calls Angela's parents, tipping Elliot off that there is another Elliot in the picture. Um, and this earthquake hits and Angela's mother cuts herself on that glass and Elliot flees. Such a strange little, first of all, uh, the number of Mr. Robot nerds, they're going to make those collages about their sweethearts and present those <laughs> as engagement gifts. And the numbers are going to be upvoted to the front page R slash Mr. Robot. Mm -hmm. Definitely not zero. Yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. There you go. Just saying. If, you're, if your <laughs> sweetheart is even sort of kind of interested in Mr. Robot, then he or she will <laughs> but, probably. But we know that that's not true because no one uh -huh. who watches this show has a friend who also watches the show. <laughs> that's no true. No one, period. That's true. And also, like, what are you, would you be saying that you're trapped in a, <laughs> on a fantasy that's deliberately pulling the wool over your sweetheart's eyes? Uh -huh. And if she could really wake up and see, like, there's all kinds of weird old metaphors but then again people idolatry or uh, idolize harley quinn and joker's relationship so people are fucking weird True. uh what is the the strange little element about phillips drinking like the strange elliot element? prime stuck in the fantasy said that apropos to nothing to angela it's like your dad really likes to drink mm -hmm. and then this is like he's like constantly pushing off the drinking and his mom's like okay but just like it's weird weird detail to put in there is it something like elliot even in a paradise can't let philip price be a good person he's <laughs> got to have wait, a dark wait. you secret. can be a good person and drink no hey i try to walk that line myself okay, okay. however i'm just saying that none of my friends like i can't think there's never been a friend to be like hey i want to talk to you about your drinking it's kind of scary uh -huh. those you drink a lot you're drinking all the time aaron uh what and then goes and tells your daughter yeah your, your dad drinks a lot Jesus yeah Christ. Like, yeah you notice how much your dad drinks like i don't know i thought it was weird i'm not sure i don't know what they're getting at uh so elliot freaks out about the voice on the phone wondering about the implications of there being two of him here and he warily goes to his apartment no one's home uh he rifles through his own stuff trying to figure out who this other elliot is he spends all day hacking his own computer and realizes that this guy is just happy elliot but that bugs him even more so eventually he finds a hidden partition on his drive and he decrypts it and it reveals sketches of, of the Mr. Robot we know, basically mm -hmm. the whole show, his own life. Uh, I was still calling this guy Felliot at this time, so here's where my notes get weird. Uh, you morphed to Melliot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he morphed to Elliot. Uh, like the Felliot's now Elliot and Elliot is now Melliot. And Okay, yeah, yeah. So my notes are all fucked up. Elliot but... Prime should be Pelliot probably. Yeah, Prime Elliot. Prime, okay. Preliot. Uh, fake Elliot explains that he created that more exciting character in his head. He also says Darlene is his partner in crime, and F Society is just a dumb name he came up with because he fantasized about being this guy, though he doesn't really want to be him because he's not normal. Uh, and then fake Elliot hears the voice and... And this is literally true, right? Because I, I think this is it, later, uh, this is later okay. endorsed by yeah. the Krista persona. Uh-huh that Elliot Prime did fantasize about being this this character as a yes. way to escape the other mental issues and, and being trapped in, in his boring life caused him. Right. 
Okay. I, I think this is literally true. Because honestly, the, the, the thing I left out by my first rewatch is, and one of the reasons I was so distressed is because I really thought we were going for a full-on saint elsewhere, mm. that everything in the last year was a paranoid delusion, and, and Elliot's been in a psychiatric hospital since setting that server room on fire. Uh-huh. Like, I was really thinking, like, oh, shit, we're going to hit we're going to hit ground zero of saying elsewhere and people are going to lose their foot. I now think that all of the things we've seen from the mundane to the crazy actually literally happened. Like all the white rose stuff, (laughs) all the Chinese national stuff, all the e-coin stuff, all the economic instability, all the people that died. Mm -hmm. um, That actually happened. It's not a thing. It's not, it's, it's, it's not Elliot's imagination. No, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but I think okay. that's what the anchor here is Darlene. That's that's the big grounding reality here. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, so Ellie goes to leave uh, and fake Elliot grabs his arm. An earthquake hits, killing fake Elliot. And then Elliot answers a phone call from Angela who says he just needs to show up tomorrow and he'll get what he's always wanted to be happy with her. Elliot agrees he's going to show up for the wedding. Uh Feliot isn't quite dead, and Elliot has to make a choice whether to let him die dead. or or and be with Angela or help him. And he chooses to kill Feliot, insisting to us that he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the end of this episode. Yeah, that's uh, and I'm I, I I remember at the end of this thinking, wow, what a fucking first half! Like mm-hmm. Elliot has pivoted to being the clear villain. His hands are literally soaked in blood. Because there was a middle choice of him just like letting nature take its course, mm-hmm. but he actively <laughs> right. killed his his true self. Yeah, um, I don't know what that means in terms of the fantasy either. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I feel like where it ends up, there's not there's not a lot that you need to question. I think Mr. Robot says you can't you you can't do what you just did. Like you could try to do it, uh-huh. but you can't literally kill Elliot. So. Yeah, and, and that happens immediately in the next episode. And as soon as as soon as he does it, it like changes the nature of reality. Like Angela's right. no longer in love with him. He no longer has his perfect wedding to go to. Everybody like, can see him for what he is. Yeah. Like there, there's yeah, he's trying to fool himself here. So it's almost it's like working. is there is there like a a parallel pocket dimension or pocket mental space where he's in and the real Elliot's still safe somewhere else because I, I'm trying to process this with like mate, but there again, I don't, that's why I don't DID. I don't understand like, you know? Yeah. No, it's a good question because if you think that he kills the real Elliot in this scene, mm-hmm. what is there to come back to? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it almost seems like there has to be some other trick going on here. Uh, I really appreciated that Elliot had to hack himself in this scene. It was fantastic because he's doing it in the exact way that he would do it with any other person that he was hacking. Nobody's as perfect as as they seem is a line that he has said so So many many times times, about other people. Yeah. And now he's saying that about himself. It's so good. And I love the shot of like the camera rapidly going from his face to the keyboard, his hands and the the screen and like, you know, the day turning into night to just sell Mm -hmm. like he's done his full on obsessive Elliot, you know, social media dive, attacked all of his encryption, broken all of his accounts. He's, he's, he's done it again to himself. Yeah. And, and you can see how ominous this is. Like you said, it's, it's, He's become a villain here. There's no way you can do what he's doing and be happy. Yeah. Because you would always have that knowledge, that secret. Can I ask you a question? Did, yeah. So is Elliot Prime... I mean, clearly he's not the CEO of Allsafe. 
but did he have a better life than black hoodie wearing Elliot was like like is is the truth somewhere between what we see this crazy like gregarious guy has got lots of friends and a full life um and you know you're talking about real Elliot not in this fake yes like this construction like what prison, was his life before world. um okay. the mastermind hijacked him or gotcha. Mr. Robot hijacked him or before Darlene came back, because I think Darlene is what caused it both. Darlene came back and caused Mr. Robot to assert himself, which then activated me the mastermind persona as well. Um, before that, because like, you know, when we had these multiple flashbacks, um, like Angela and Darlene both said, you're completely different. You're acting completely different. Like, I don't mm -hmm. I, I guess I don't think that he's ever like you know, super this high functioning Elliot, but he wasn't as bad as like heroin addicted mastermind Elliot get, gets him in season one. Right. Cause yeah, he's probably right. And he's, and he's actively going through therapy. Like that's something that happened before. Yeah. See, these are quite, I guess the questions I have is what was Elliot like before the mastermind? And when did he like hijack him and start hiding from the therapist? We know that just from what Krista said about like, you're hiding again at, it probably happened sometime during she, the time she was carrying, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be that there was some, you know, there's some amalgamation of all of these mm. characters that yes. is real Elliot. And so, like, he wouldn't be the happiest person in the world. Yeah. Like, this this fake universe prison is trying to portray him as. Yeah. But he also wouldn't be Mastermind Elliot. He'd yeah. be somewhere in the middle, right? He Like, yes, he'd probably be pretty well adjusted, but he would have this deep uh anger and trauma and depression hanging over him right mm -hmm. and maybe he could get along in life that way but yeah. he wouldn't be either of these characters he'd be something entirely different yeah and a lot of times when you start therapy like things get worse before they get better because it's about um all the maladaptive coping mechanisms you've you've you know like like uh come up with kind of like physical therapy let's say that you've you know your your hip hurts so you compensated by walking funny so your hip doesn't hurt as much. And now like you've gotten yourself to where your gates all fucked up and like a physical therapist would have you start working properly, which is going to hurt like hell. Mm -hmm. And like, we're going to properly heal this. So like, if you stop doing all your maladaptive things to protect yourself from your life and you try to learn something different, like that's painful. Um, because you haven't got your new healthy processes built yet and you don't want to lean back on your old. And I imagine that if you had duplicate identities or multiple identities, that that would be something that would terrify the other identities. Like, oh my God, all these things, these elaborate things we've built to save us are being dismantled. Mm -hmm. We have to kick in and, and, and rebel against that. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, like if Elliot successfully integrates himself, then they are like at the end of this episode going to die or they're they're going to at least give up control completely yeah and that's got to be terrifying too from a alternate personalities perspective mm -hmm. yeah i think mr robot understands the value in that whereas mastermind yeah. elliot does not and so he's fighting against it whereas mr robot is encouraging it mm. uh okay we go to episode two uh the second episode of our discussion here hello elliot uh where elliot does a full wipe down of the scene and then he goes outside to the same parking lot that he woke up in after the 5-9 hack, uh, in the same car, in fact. After getting a call from Philip telling him where the wedding is at, Coney Island, uh, he pulls his car around and he dumps the body in a box. He dresses uh, as Mr. Robot, kind of... Uh, he's he's worried about his strategy of replacing Felliot, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, he's trying to convince him not to do it. It's like, you really want to go to this whole talented Mr. Ripley... <laughs> Right. Routine man. Think you can pull this off? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Matt Damon. Elliot tells him to either help or get out of the way, and he puts the body in his car. Well, he, he tries to, but a cop version, a parking cop version of Dom shows up, which is just fucking sad. The Dom, you know, you got to create a perfect universe for Elliot, but Dom's got to suffer. Uh, I feel like she was, she she probably would have been happy at the FBI. I was gonna say maybe she's because she's actually miserable at the FBI because there's another there's another piece of information well, that under bled the dark back into influence. the fantasy world that wasn't around in season one. So there's another piece of evidence that that this fantasy world must constantly be evolving. Right. But um, yeah, she's just a beat cop. Yeah. So she's trying to ticket him for parking illegally, and he hands her his ID, and Dom says that's wrong because this person is nothing like you. Mm-hmm. And she sees blood in his cuff and on the ground, and she finds the body in the box, and then an earthquake strikes. And Elliot takes off running, and we know that Elliot cannot be caught once he's on foot and sprinting. Nope. Uh, so he gets to he gets on a train and he escapes. Uh, Mr. Robot tries to explain what's happening, but Elliot refuses to listen, declaring that he just wants to be alone. Uh, and I think a question I had on first viewing, like during this scene, but by the end I think was answered, is what tipped Dom off? How did Dom know? that this wasn't the real Elliot. And I think it becomes obvious that it's just Elliot's subconscious calling himself out. Yeah, there's a lot of people with, I think, bad takes saying that like, oh, you know, she saw his picture and it was somebody else. And I'm like, it's this is all, first of no. all, this is all dream logic. Yeah. This is the inevitability of what Mr. Robot's trying to warn him, that you are not this mm-hmm. Elliot and you cannot pretend to be because it's not just you looking like him. And I love the the unhinged, like, bass notes that accompanied, like, his scrub down and, like, anytime he'd make some terrifying, like, assertion like that when Mr. Robot's like, you're not guys, like, why not? We look just like each other. And... Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's not about like Dom, like looking at his ID and seeing like this ID is supposed to be like your identity in mm-hmm. like a Freudian Jungian sense. Sure. And it's not matching up. It's not like she looked at his picture and he looks like Irv, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. It's, this is all, all dream logic and dream cop Dom clocked him as not being actual Elliot prime. Yeah. And I like how this ties into the real world too. Um, because Elliot is trying to be someone he's not here um, in this fake prison world, but he's also doing that in real life too. Mm -hmm. And you can see that he's become a misfit because of that. Like he doesn't, his life is not on track in the real world at all. Mm -hmm. Everything he does is kind of ending in a weird sort of failure. Um, And, and it's all because he's trying to deny the entirety of his personality here, like who he really is and trying to pretend to be something else. Okay, Elliot arrives on the Coney Island beach where all of his wedding guests are dressed in F-Society masks, and Mr. Rod explains that the machine in the real world, a White Rose machine, has been deactivated, and he's currently in a prison, uh, which is this recursive loop that he constructed about a year ago to keep the real Elliot occupied. Uh, he explains that the real Elliot is just a part of all of them, and he needs to let go so the real Elliot can get back to his life. Then Angela shows up, but she flees when she sees Elliot, Elliot chases after her, and they end up in F Society HQ. Uh, Angela tells him he's not Elliot. He's the mastermind. And then Elliot is sort of booted uh, from Fun Society and follows Mr. Robot to this strange land where everyone is Christian Slater. Uh, he confronts Mr. Robot. It turns out to be Tyrell, and Tyrell shoots him, and he wakes up in the dark with Tyrell digging his grave. 
Tyrell throws him in a hole and Angela asks him to wake up. I'm going to cut right there because if I don't, this will be the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, there's a countdown happening, like these childish voices. I think that's Elliot and Angela playing hide and seek in the okay. museum, I think. Could be, yeah. Um, but that's that's what I got. And I, I mean, this is just... I don't know what this is. I don't know what is supposed to be conveyed by all um, the Christian is, is this players. like a Mr. Robot? Like, is is this like um, you're seeing Mr. Robot trying to assert control, I trying so. to like stop this process, kill this process? Yeah. Uh, Try, trying to push him toward the exit. Yeah, because like it makes sense that Mr. Robot can have some influence on this world to the ex- you know maybe not as much as the Mastermind because for whatever reason mm-hmm. he's he's. Uh, hijack the process. Um, yeah, but he's, uh, Mastermind is in a much weakened state here, certainly. right? Like he's been, he's he's had what I think is sort of real Elliot breakthroughs with with Krista and Vera a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, which has sort of weakened the control that that Mastermind mm-hmm. Elliot had over real Elliot. Why why do you think that there was cheers and applause when he was shot? I can only imagine that's the other subconscious uh, or the the other um, alters yeah. of Elliot, like wanting Elliot to break free. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things they're doing here that I don't know how much of it like is Sam Elliot actually intentionally doing things and how much is like, hey, we did a lot of trippy shit back in season one in this fantasy sequence. We need to hit all those. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really thought any more about what that all means. I'm sure. I'm sure this hangs together. Like, th- there's a oh. lot you could say about you know Mr. Robot and stuff not hanging together. But yeah. this scene is probably, probably. Not one of those things. Let me ask you this: um, since we're talking about hanging together, mm-hmm. what would this look like as a two-hour movie? I don't think it would look like this. Yeah, I was trying to think of like how this would work as like, I'm thinking like it'd probably be like the last 20 minutes of the last episode where you meet this guy and things are just not quite right. And then he meets a duplicate of himself mm-hmm. and then it turns in, there's like a matrix moment where like it's, re- this is all like the Mr. Robots. I, I, I don't know. I, I, cause like the way this felt, which is kind of like an epilogue to the actual series, Mr. Robot is entirely different than I thought it was going to work when I was gearing up for it last week. I thought yeah. that this was going to be a hell of a capsule that the Saturn V rocket that is the four seasons of Mr. Robot is going to propel in the orbit. Yeah. And what it felt like instead is kind of like 10 years after the moon landing, a historian explaining to you the cultural significance of the moon landing, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... That if I if 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 I told you that like the whole point of the moon landing was to get to the historian telling you over documentary footage what the significance is, you'd be like, what? So it's like it's it's weird to me that that this was all the original idea, but it's it's it has to be distorted, manipulated so much because of everything that came before it. That's the thing. Like I almost kind of wish that Sam hadn't said anything about that and Mm. said. Instead, look, I have an ending in mind. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Not like these last two episodes are what the show or what yeah. the movie would have been, essentially, yeah. because you can't. I like, yeah, you can make that movie, uh-huh. but it wouldn't have the emotional resonance that this entire series has had. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like this these last two episodes work precisely because I already know so much about Elliot and sure. his past and and who who he is and who he wants to be and who the people around him are. Like I don't know that you can convey all that in just two I hours. I think it's closer to half, like if you three. took all of season four and mm-hmm. found a way to condense that into like two and a half hours. Yeah. That gets closer. Because you have to have, like, there has to be, like, a little element of, uh, you know, Elliot being contacted by Mr. Robot and being led to do something and then realizing that this was, uh, you know what I mean? There has to be some, mm-hmm. a white rose or a machine that's over, or a 5-9 hack, there's got to, or else there's no remarkably little action that's propelling anything forward. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to know exactly what the original treatment looked like. And you have to get to all of the abuse from Edward and, like... That's what I was thinking, like... That's completely absent from this. You don't understand the context for why he would imprison real Elliot, what his anger is. Like but that could be like a, a two minute scene as sure. opposed to an entire episode of like, you know, yeah. why why are you hiding from yourself? Why what's the thing you can't face? Oh, my dad is a child molester. Obviously that's but not man, be it'd be an so entire... diminished compared to what we got. Sure. Like yeah, yeah, can yeah. you imagine trying to trying to convey that hefty emotional payload? Uh, yeah, with, with just I, two minutes. It's almost easier to see that episode, like that um, Vera episode, exploded into a two-hour self-contained kind of like art film type yeah, of thing, yeah. than it is or to, a stage play, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Then to to imagine like what these last two hours would look like as a standalone without context movie, right? Uh, you get one last Bonsoir Elliot, and I know everyone was really looking forward to this, and I hope it paid off. Uh, can we finally put to rest the Tyrell is not dead theories? Yes. Okay. But it's to no thanks to Sam Elliott or Sam Sam <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yeah. No well, thanks, no thanks to, to Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Don't give him credit for shit. He hasn't done a damn thing since last season of Justified. He's got nothing to say about this. But no, I, I think it's it's no credit to Sam Esmail that like people are still. You know, because again, like I, and I really appreciate the 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 deep diving you did on the meanings behind that. But like, with absent that, all of that research, like yeah. the plain reading is, oh, there's something. This this isn't the end for Tyrell. There's something else that's going to happen. Like you know, uh, or it's it's one of the plain readings you can have. Sure, cer- certainly you could think that. But yeah, if you're if you're confused by that, still just go read The Stranger. Or go, don't even read The Stranger. Go, like, do what I did and read uh-huh. the thematic analysis of The Stranger. Yeah. But yeah, Tyrell, I mean, I, the Tyrell's, Tyrell's dead. Tyrell's yeah. dead. Um, I don't know what his, I don't know what Mr. Robot's trying to say with Tyrell, much less his wife, much less with the adventures yeah. of government issue face man. Like, again, <laughs> maladaptive coping mechanisms all around. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It's bad news for anybody who likes to get kinky in the bedroom. Yeah. Those maladaptive, uh, uh, sexual coping strategies are just going to in, line, line up with you gut shot and dead in the woods yeah. as psychic <laughs> death howls surround you as you gaze into the the spiritual baby monitor of, of yeah. your son's face forever. I, I Fuck, I don't know. That's weird. That's weird. Don't understand <laughs> <Sure> it. <laughs> uh, I knew Angela was in trouble. I knew she wasn't getting away because you can't outrun Elliot right. during this scene. Uh, but then we go to what is... Almost the rest of the episode here. Stop me if there's anything you really want to talk about in context, mm-hmm. but I'm going to recap a whole bunch here. Is this Neo meeting the architect? It is. Okay. Done. Recap over. Boom. Uh, but the architect is Krista. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this fake version of Krista. 
suddenly Elliot's back on Krista's couch in front of someone who's not really Krista, but is a construct of Krista. Mm -hmm. uh, Elliot wants to talk to Darlene, but he can't because she's not in this world. She's in the real world. Elliot tried to trap himself in this place, which was easier without his link to reality, which was Darlene. Uh, and he tries to leave, but he keeps arriving back in the room over and over. And Krista explains all of the portions of Elliot's personality, including the one that thinks he's the real Elliot, but isn't. He's the mastermind. And this is when my notes went off. Fuck. I have no idea who's who here. Uh, and we get a lot of flashbacks showing us the clues embedded in the show. Yeah. Which... Maybe, maybe let's pause here for a second because I actually think of all of the shows that I've seen the do big, stupid exposition dumps, mm -hmm. I've never felt more rewarded by one than this show hmm. because I didn't feel like this was just simply telling me the story because they couldn't convey it. They had been conveying it for four seasons mm -hmm. and this was them rewarding my attention yeah. for the last four seasons. I guess it felt like it was it's one of those things where um much like the Philip Price info dump from earlier this season mm -hmm. it for some reason had to tell the characters what we the viewers already knew I think at this point but I also think okay. I also see yeah. the 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 vital need to do something like this to make sure everyone's on the same page Absolutely yeah um because if you're scratching your head at the end about who Elliot is, yeah, man, this show would be confusing. And yeah. I think for a lot of people who weren't following along on Reddit, yeah. who weren't reading the theories, who didn't know kind of what generally what was coming here, but they I okay, could have been so here's very so so I'm gonna say because I think there's a couple of things, there's some pointed criticism I want to level at this scene. Okay, number one is I think it did a terrible job of contextualizing what we the viewers role was in this like yes you can't it almost just have krista it. look us in the eye and say i know all about you you guys out there you're the Reddit lawyers land, who did nothing about it and then address and then go right back in this complex so like i i i was expecting maybe a little bit more from the reveal like for, from us being addressed by a person yes i will say that that was the one area of this show where i started to get my hopes up a few episodes ago yeah was like Maybe he's going to do something that flips television itself on its head. And yeah. that's so fucking ambitious. I was yeah. an idiot. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, Dora the Explorer? Like, right. Are you going to do Peter Pan? Like, like uh, clap for Elliot to live, everybody. Everybody clap. And like you either at home clapping ridiculous uh -huh. or you're snidely laughing at the television for how stupid it's trying to be. I, I thought Esmail had something up his sleeve. Yeah. And he was going to blow my mind with this reveal. And he simply gives one line of dialogue. Yeah. And then leaves it behind forever. And then second is, I think that I'm comparing this to the only other uh, alternate identity, multiple identity piece of information, uh, uh, entertainment I've seen since like Sybil, which is um, the M. Night Shyamalan split. Okay. Like all of yeah. those personalities were very clearly delineated with like different goals and like I like in in just span of like a 2 hour movie I understood like six of these people and how they roll and I could instantly tell when McAvoy was is it McAvoy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh when he was being one guy or one lady or the other even Krista holding my hand and explaining like Mr. Robot is the protector and a mastermind is a slightly different protector and the mother yeah. is for okay that mother actually makes sense like the mother is yeah. the in, in, the personification of all of his inner critic yes. but then also then the child Elliot who protected him from the abuse that he couldn't like 
that splitting the protector persona awfully fucking fine. And I it still is. can't tell you what the child does. I really can't. Like to me, that was um, to me. Uh, I think it's a bad job of explaining what the child Elliot does because, like, what I got from this season was child Elliot was there when Elliot needed to be told that, like, you, your, our mom persona has been telling us this is all our fault. I'm here to tell you we did fight. We fought the whole time. It's just we're kids and we fought the way kids do, and it didn't work. It was ineffective because, you know, ki- kids kids can't fight against adults yeah I, so i wrote down what she says about mm-hmm. younger elliot actually all the personas here um mm-hmm. and she specifically says that younger elliot was there to handle the abuse he couldn't tolerate but isn't that also what all of the other right well with the exception of magda and are... what would be like emerged later like what abuse was elliot getting later in life that a child persona would be better able to handle mm-hmm like I don't uh, to me that this 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 was very like he clearly thought through the mastermind and Mr. Robot this other stuff I, I like like I, I don't think I don't think Sam Esquire I mean had, was it a way of of Elliot compartmentalizing this this abuse that he couldn't tolerate so he had he had his protector Mr. Robot he has his vengeful angel uh mastermind mm-hmm. He's, it's a shitty name for that shit- too, by the way. Mastermind? Like the mastermind is the 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 righteous anger, like weird. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then he's got this younger Elliot, which he might have sort of created as a a bag to put his suffering into. Mm. Um, after the fact, like as an adult, right? As an mm-hmm. adult, you might create a child version and sort of say like, "Well, this happened to me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and ignore it," and like shove all of the bad feelings you have into that yeah it's possible but it felt like you know it's like one of the hallmarks of a good teacher is they're able to explain complex subject matter um mm-hmm. in an easily accessible way yeah and i felt like this is a teacher that like barely had this grasp and just trying to like because like this is a pretty lengthy scene that took its time to say a lot of things oh yeah and the the big revelation which the things that like are elliot's relationship to us the audience elliot's relationship with all these other alts was less than 30 seconds of its runtime. Mm. And it felt like they just did that and this like flashed pictures of his mom's face and young Elliot's face and it's like QED and I'm like, Q does not fucking ED at all. <laughs> but, you know, again, whatever. It might with a rewatch. And that's, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. That's that's where three months from now someone's going to have make a lot of bank on YouTube or Patreon uh, <laughs> with the, 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 the comprehensive eight-season... Because that's the other meme going around Reddit that Mr. Robot isn't a four-season show. It's an eight-season show Mm. that you immediately rewatch at the conclusion of season four. And then the the knowledge you gain into the next rewatch is the the second half of of the epic. And I'm like, all right. I kind of believe that someone's going to do it and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, I I don't know. I, I I thought it felt more rewarding than dissatisfying. So... Uh, let's get to another portion of this scene. Krista tells him to give the control back to the host, the real Elliot. Uh, Mastermind refuses and wakes up in the hospital in the aftermath of the power plant crisis. And he sees on the news that the nuclear meltdown didn't happen, but White Rose was found dead. Uh, Darlene's with him and Elliot is relieved to see her and what she confirms, uh, see her and also what she confirms is the real world, in fact, if you believe that. 
Uh, she fills him in on how he survived and what happened to White Rose and her machine. Uh, we, she says the power supply malfunctioned and it blew up. So we don't really know if the machine worked or not. So, okay. Can... There's a lot of stuff around this. I guess we can talk about that now. Um, he, he saved the world. When I first watched this, I interpreted this scene as Elliot still being in. If uh, this is his last, this is the, this was the mastermind's personality's last attempt to like try to bridge the difference between what the other personalities want to do and what he wanted to do, which is to say that this is still a dream. Now, the one contradiction is that Darlene's here, yeah, and that seems like it's the totem that, like, like a look in uh, uh, in Inception, like that's Mal's wedding ring that, like, if it spins, so. the, the, um, yeah, or the top or whatever. Yeah. On the other on the other hand, like she directly contradicted something that Mister Robot said, which is you were right. the The game you played turned everything off, and there wasn't an explosion, and everything that's happened since is me trying desperately to hijack you and make you see the truth. Darlene saying that like, oh yeah, there was an explosion. It's just a room that you were in had some sort of advanced shielding that protected you from it. And all like, like it's, and then when she explains all this stuff, which is a very complimentary view of, of what Elliot did. And she says, I guess it's official. You've saved the world. That seems like mastermind talk. That seems like, that seems like Darlene blowing shit at her brother. Like, yeah, in my opinion, that's Darlene like poking a little fun at the lofty goals they thought they had. But but like, also there's this key where like Darlene says he goes, "Am I real?" And Darlene grabs his hand and is like, "Of course you're real. This is the system that says that 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 we worked out that says that you're real." Yeah. But it's lying because even uh, Meliot realizes, Mastermind Elliot realizes that this isn't reality. That it's still this that he isn't Elliot. So it's like I I think there's I I think that probably it's intended to be the real world and you're seeing this as like a mastermind Elliot letting go. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's very open to interpretation about whether this is still a layer of the dream world and Elliot finally wakes up at the very last. Like, well, I mean, that's uh, that's that's absolutely the truth. The, Elliot the finally Darlene wakes up thing, after yeah. they go through the the tunnel of light into his pupils. Yeah. Um, but like this here, like there's also some things like like uh, Darlene's like clicking on this nurse call button and no one comes and no one comes and no one comes and she is finally... that the nurse call? I thought that was the morphine drip. Button. Oh, if she hit, she grabs them and hits a button and says the nurses will be here any minute. I think she does it another time and she finally leaves to huh. go find the nurses. And I'm like, okay, is this is this a tell? But there again, this is the puzzle gotcha. box thing. It's like when you stop playing the puzzle box. Yeah. And like Elliot, you know, Mastermind Elliot says this only works if we all let it go. You know. So I I don't know. Yeah, and I guess like that ending is is because this this is also what that interpretation is what had me kind of like. Are they actually saying that everything in the last year of Showtime didn't happen? That the Elliot's been in a bed. The Elliot like like slept like that. This is uh, you know I I don't know. So so if, I don't think that's true anymore after watching it again and reading. But I'm like it was a little muddy for me. I'm gonna put myself as a reasonably intelligent person who has as somewhat somewhat uh, familiar with the no, way television works. You're, you're the mastermind. Just say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that's that was my takeaway the first time I watched it. Like, holy shit, did he just retcon or you know snow globe the entire series? I don't think he did. I but he flirted I don't with think it. So. He's flirting with it here. Yeah, and you kind of have to. 
yeah. with, with as twisty as this thing has been up till now that's the thing you gotta leave people guessing until the end when you got the mystery box you gotta play you, when you ever when you stop boxing the mystery and and when does the audience yeah because a lot of th- people there still can always it. be ways to wiggle out of the definitive statement that sam's trying to make well and there, so there's another thing is like it's hard for me to when the fan base is saying simultaneously that like, well, the lesson is that you got to just let go and that this is all just about a person's mental state and, you know, it just only works if you let go and simultaneously saying, I can't wait to watch the rewatch so I can, you know, it's like. Yeah, you're not letting go. Yeah. And what did Sam, what did Sam intend? Like if that's his message, but like everything in the show screams, no, rewatch me and get all the mysteries. Yeah. I don't know. It's t- it's a little bit talking out of both sides of its 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 mouth creatively. But again, that's why I would I would rather I would rather split my dick with a chopstick than try to write a mystery box in 2020 in sure. the age of the internet. Sure. Like what we, do, we saw how that worked on Watchmen. Yeah. Like we saw how that worked on this show. Yeah. Like basically everything was figured out sure. coming up to the end. Reddit did its job. It's, it's actually interesting to see how like like left like leftovers a strategy where you say the whole time this looks like a mystery box but yeah. it's not a mystery box. I don't know why Esmail was less he, ex- why was he less successful at that message than Lindelof? Was it because he wasn't getting like he was leaning further into it? I thought like hmm. th- th- there was yes there was a lot of line straddling yeah. but I always felt like his commentary outside of it was always like a little too cheeky mm-hmm. like a little t- he wasn't telling people like settle the fuck down this has nothing to do with anything you think it does he did at the end of season three but that was when I when I saw him okay. come out real strong what did he say at the end of season he three? said this is there's not going to be people that are looking for a sci-fi time travel okay like Star Trek Borg thing are going to be disappointed um but like I also think it's part of like Lindelof came off from Lost, so everybody's like, "Well, you did this before, are you doing it again?" And they, the, yeah. all the press was around, "No, I'm not." Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Sam Esmail comes out with an obvious mystery box. There's no, you know, long storied history of Sam Esmail on television. So people like by the time they're asking, "Hey, what are you playing about?" He's already season three of the podcast, and uh, and he you was trying like season one is a fucking mystery box with an answer. Yeah, like who is Mister Robot? Got. Fucking answered, you yeah, know, yeah. at least partially. Yeah, uh, it, it unfolds later, but we knew it was his dad yeah. by the end of season three or season one, and that was the mystery. But it's interesting to see how you do like a six cent style mystery box in mm-hmm. 2020 when you have to do it over four episodes of television. Like, I think we're seeing like you know, Westworld try to do it a certain way to some success, uh, mm-hmm. some failure. Uh, Leftovers Leftovers did it like perfectly. I think The Watchmen did it very well, and its strategy was essentially, can I keep a mystery box going for an episode or two? Yeah. And then while the internet's breaking their arm, patting themselves on the back, figuring that out when they're not going to notice the one I'm setting up for episodes four and five. Like, And then there's the Mr. Robot where it's like, I'm going to... I'm going to use the mystery box as the protective cocoon around this actual secret that I want to tell to land with an emotional. Cause like the other thing is like, I think this job, this story did a really good job of conveying what it's like to live in some kind of like mental illness where you can't yeah. trust your senses, where there is this yep. paranoia where people are out to get you and where you're out to get yourself. Or you're out, yeah, yeah. Like, like the fact that you can't trust, like how hard it is to trust your loved ones and your friends when they could be delusions. They could mm-hmm. be figs of imagination. It could be the drugs talking. I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. What they did with yeah. that part of the material. 
Yeah, the the central core of this show is excellent. Mm -hmm. And I think to the extent that you get caught up in trying to go back and answer the questions that Sam Esmail doesn't seem to care to answer for you, like whether White Rose's project worked or not, that's the extent to which you'll drive yourself insane. Yeah. And there's like, you know, that that's the real life analogs. There's all kinds of like mysteries and, you know, closure we don't get in real life. And, you know, people that have healthy internal processes to deal with that and move on, you know, move on. And people that don't are driven crazy by them. Yeah. And the mystery box wrapper uh, uh, is an interesting way to convey that experience. Mm -hmm. Probably the only way you can do it. Yeah. Now, I wonder what this show would look like if up front they said, these are the characters, mm -hmm. these are the parts of, of Elliot, like, here's here's who this character is, and now tell a story around that. Yeah. It would look very, very different. It would. It'd almost be like... Maybe a, interesting, but very different. Yeah, it'd almost be like a, almost like an uh, inherently more funny concept. Like, it almost seems like a sitcom to have, like, these various personas personified and like you know like when, fighting when with each other of, when one of your alters is alf yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna be a comedy there's <laughs> not much you can do all right uh let's keep going elliot tells darlene that he's not the real elliot he's only a part of him darlene says she's known that he's not elliot because uh so, well she's he's not the elliot that she grew up with since they started f society and she didn't say anything because she was just happy they were getting close to each other and didn't want that to end uh, they never got close before because she didn't know how to deal with what Elliot was going through. And so she left, uh, so she wouldn't have to. And when she came back, Elliot was very different. And she asks if real Elliot is okay. And Elliot says, yes, he's in a safe place that he made for him, but he doesn't have everything, which is her. Mm -hmm. And he tells Darlene that he loves her. And then Elliot stares out the window and fades away. Kind of. We'll get to the, the last chunk of this here in a second. Uh, or maybe we will now. I don't know. The, the, the sign on the wall says the dis discharge time is approximately 11, 11 p.m., which I thought was hilarious. 11 a.m. Or, yeah, 11 a.m., rather, uh, because it's probably 11.16 is when you would get uh, discharged in this world. I like That's another thing that, like, how see, much does that See, I was thinking, like, the runtime. Like, uh, I was wondering how, if close that would be to the end of the runtime, like, if this thing started to air at 9 Eastern or nine, wherever you are, and it wraps up around eleven sixteen, because mm. it's got you know it's it's what there's a fifty five ep minute episode and like forty seven minute episode. And you throw commercials in there. That might have been true. Maybe that, it did. I yeah. I, I didn't watched, watch it live. I, watched uh, I, did, it I didn't either. So I'm like, I wonder if that was a thing. And then it's like the AM versus PM is off by one. You know. But there again, yeah, that's, that's the mystery tough. box thing that the show has told me is not important. So. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I mean, it could just be there for. That's a, so that's the thing, like, and that's why I think there's, that's where the, the the righteous or the the justified anger is coming from. Is like this show taught us to pay attention to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Eleven sixteen to five nines, all that kind of stuff, and it's literally not important. Yeah, it's literally not important to understanding the main thrust and probably the second and tertiary trusts the thrusts of the of this series, mm -hmm. and that kind of feels weird from a perspective of a person who spent many, many hours other than the 40 that I spent watching it the first time thinking about this thing and sharing it with other people and, you know, reading everyone's theories and whatnot. Yeah. So. No, I, I like what, um, I like this scene a lot. And, you know, it's basically the final scene. Mm -hmm. It's it's the final moment between 
Elliot and his sister, and they they kind of bring it back to what White Rose or what Elliot was telling White Rose in that scene last episode, um, where essentially she you know says that people are terrible and all that stuff, and he says, no, they're not. They're kind of our lifeline. And I think that Darlene being his anchor into reality here and his sort of like, I mean, his lifeline to coming back to the real Elliot, I think is pretty poignant. It's pretty, like, if you're going to put a definitive statement on what this show was trying to say, I think that's it. The Darlene love. The The connections to people are the important thing. Yeah. And then the the, the fact that Darlene's willing to love and embrace and accept even a fragment of her brother because it's better than nothing like that, that love allowed... In a very direct way, the mastermind Elliot to take a step back and, you know, like give up control mm-hmm. um, and to trust that there's, you know, that, and I don't know, because like I said, there's there's a little bit of criticism I have, like I said in the beginning, that like you're really mixing your critique when you are collapsing all the things you said about society and the economy and the standard fairness of it, and you're jumbling it up with one man's, you know, fight against depression and mental illness. Yeah. Um, and I don't, but but then again, like I said, I also am allowing that maybe if I get a couple more weeks and months to think about it, that there is one in the same because, you know, the I was looking for Sam to tell us like what we can do. And his message seems to be you individually can't do anything except for to be an individual and refuse to be a cog in a machine. And then that itself might break the machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Check back in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about that scene. I guess we go to the boardroom where Elliot's mental family overlooks the city. Uh, Elliot relinquishes control to the real Elliot as he takes or he talks about changing the world and changing Elliot, and he walks down the hall, and he exits into a theater where he sits with his other alters, watching a film of what might be Elliot's life from here on out. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I don't know exactly what it is because it's hard to, to see. And I thought it was like we're seeing the last four seasons flash before our eyes, like he, some of the footage of. But but you're it could be maybe the future. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then the Darlene shows back up and says hello, Elliot, and. Addressing us, because I mean that's the thing that that that's that's this is where I'm I'm no. I'm I'm really wanting to see this YouTube video. No. It's going to come out three months from now. It's going to be three hours and it's going to be eleven hours and sixty minutes long. Yeah, we're said, we're a weird meta entity. Like we are, we are observers. We're observers. We have the knowledge of all of Elliot's personalities um, existing before Elliot does. And we're treated like an alt officially by this this yep. this episode. Yeah, so like we, I don't think we are Elliot, but I, but I think that Elliot is being presented for the first time, the real reintegrated Elliot. It's so weird because like I feel like us leaving his eyes and seeing them like brimming with tears is a better way to end that than Darlene coming and addressing us from his perspective as Elliot. Yeah. Like, I feel like it should have, like, maybe zoomed out to where you see him look at Elliot or, well, like, Is she Darlene addressing us aunt. or is she addressing the real Elliot who's now laying on the ground looking at her? The, well, the POV, is the POV just reversed here? Uh, 
like the the pullout is she, Darlene she is looking, looking at him. right to the camera's eyes and the camera but is, it is the camera's eyes Elliot eyes it's our it's it's, it's both it cannot it has to be us as well okay. it can be Elliot prime too uh -huh. but it has to be us it has to sure so that. that was weird. I feel like he should have, but I don't, he might be also, and but, the, the YouTube okay. video might outline that he's doing something really, really clever there with this POV and you'll understand it all in the fullness of time. I don't know. It I felt mean, weird to me. To the extent that we are an altar of uh -huh. Elliot, somehow the, the voyeuristic, like just observer angle. Yeah. And now all of that is reintegrated sort of into what is a real Elliot, the full Elliot. Mm -hmm. uh, we would be included in that, certainly. So yeah, looking I mean, at both us and yeah. this character that is now some version of a real Elliot, um, whether he's like fully integrated all these personalities into one person or mm -hmm. he's just simply, they all have equal control now. Um, I don't know, but they, they could be one and the same. We could be Elliot in that scene, but only a portion of Elliot along with all the other four portions. They're still watching because like they're all yeah. in the theater of his mind watching it still. Right. But we, it's like, I felt like we were the ones, we left those alts behind, still voyeuristically looking at them, and then mm -hmm. tra 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 traveled through the tunnel of light. It's all, I mean, I don't, like, look, I care well, very we little into... to have, like, to have this. I, I just, th just say, yeah. like, it, it is weird that he went back to the POV and Darlene addressing us. It's almost like, that's the other thing that had me thinking it's very dreamlike, or like, this is very recursive because... It's starting again. Someone is addressing us, and now it's even worse. Like we're even more deluded because now we're being addressed as Elliot. I don't know. Well, I guess there's no difference mm -hmm. in in that moment, right? Between us and Elliot, we're just a portion. The the same way that the mastermind was a portion of Elliot, we're a portion of Elliot. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there's a. They, I felt like there was diff. They they we were still apart from the other personas. The way they framed them watching the th we were watching them watching, like we weren't. But then we go into the footage itself, right? We go into the lens. We go into yes, the the view of it. Yeah, we and we there's don't also really like there's also what like they're watching. Yeah, but. here's the other thing. There's also a lot of John Malkovich being John Malkovich allusions in this a okay. uh, uh, couple episodes that um, I've only seen being John Malkovich once, and it was in my early twenties, and I just hated it. I hated it with, and I've never gone back and revisited it. So huh. it could be like some of this stuff is like intentionally aping some things they were doing with John Malkovich. Um, in which case, I mean that Christian Slater scene where everybody's Christian Slater. That's yeah, straight out of that's that, what I'm yeah. saying. And it could be that like I just like I just I don't know something visceral there I don't like, but I I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, maybe he's just trying to say that watching a television show is relinquishing control. Yeah, no, it's and just, that, it absolutely is. And yeah. if you want your fucking control, go play a video game or something. Yeah, or go out and uh, channel that energy into real life. Yeah. Be yourself. But that's it. Hack the system. That's the end. Uh... Fuck society. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. 
All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R. R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Yeah, fuck society. Well, we do have a whole feedback full of feedback. Mm, and feedback I'm hungry. Back. I'm so hungry. Uh, there's several Got alts, apple cores in that feedback. Several alts step forward to take the slack from the mastermind stepping by. Uh, first, mask never again. Uh, this time, guys, it's not about feedback or theories. I don't have any mental health issues, but I know uh, when Mr. Robot started, I had so many problems, but yet the series kept me going week after week, year after year. I don't think it's about the cinematography, the writing, or directing. It's about how we are feeling right now. Maybe nobody likes this ending, but for me, Mr. Robot was something, and nothing feels like this right now. I feel like I started living in 2015, and today my life reached an end, a satisfying end, for me, it's a freaking piece of art. Fuck society. Um, so this, I, I got a couple of takes that are kind of like this, that like, Mr. Robot did capture a certain zeitgeist, a certain feeling that we, a lot of us have, uh, that something is wrong with the world, something's wrong with us, uh, and it can be fixed by X, Y, Z. And I do feel like that this show is going to be kind of of its era in the same way that like, you know, taxi driver was back in the day. Okay. Like there's a certain kind of like electricity in the air that it's capturing and it will continue to do that and kind of like be like, like it's, it's, it's what, what do we call this? The 20 teens. This is like peak 20 teens television. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of think, I think I, I think I, I'm grooving on the vibe you're laying down there, mask never again. Yeah. I think at times this show does approach art. Uh, I think it just in its Many cinematic times. style. Oh yeah. It's, it's doing a lot of artful things there, but oh. also in its, uh, breakdown of mental illness. I think it is artfully done. Yeah, no. Uh, and I feel like I get, in, I get, uh, this, this trips me up a lot of times when I have minor issues with things that I overall love that like, because I spend the majority of the time explaining the things that I didn't, didn't work to me and why it, it seems like it's a lion's share, but like Mr. Robot is one of the more artistically done mm-hmm. television shows I've ever seen. And, you know, we've seen a lot of really, um, artistically done, sh- like breaking bad, super artistic leftovers, beautiful, like every frame of painting kind of stuff. But like this, sonically visually acting uh directing the writing was so elevated week after week you know year after year that the minor missteps like the season two the season two prison arc yeah uh, even that is like really going for something and when That's you look at maybe the artiest part of the whole damn show yeah th- there's a fine line that in in my enjoyment of, of entertainment you have to walk uh, and it's the line between art and utilitarian plot. And, and, and I think the show most of the time hit it. Season two was the exception. And it's easy to see how, yes, that was some rough writing, but 
it paved the way for this season because they had to yeah, establish yeah. the fact that you can have these mental prisons that Elliot can pull the wool over our eyes, that he can tell us lies that are convincing even to himself. Yeah. Uh, and all completely fundamentally alter his reality. Um, so we just roll with it. Like, you know, we had a lot like that. This would be a, this would be a much heavier episode had we not had season two to explain all that, that visual metaphor to us. And I think if they hadn't tried to pack basically all of that into season two, if they'd spread that out more and season three had encompassed some of that. I, I think like, season two shouldn't exist. I think season one should have been a, bit, a little bit longer or uh, season three should have been a little bit longer and season two just been, you know, um, or you compress season two down to like a slightly longer prologue for season three. But yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree, but I don't know. I haven't rewatched it. Still waiting for that, uh, 11 hour, 16 minute YouTube video to explain it all to me. Mm-hmm. Jason Murray. Whoa. What an end to this crazy ride. Possibly now a challenger to the leftovers for my number one show. Damn. Not me. Leftovers. Number no, no. one of the bullet, yeah. but, uh, I don't, man, I don't even know. I've seen so much great television this last decade. Doing a top 10 list would cause me physical pain. It, it, leftovers, yeah, I, I don't, fuck, I don't know how I would do a decade of television in a yeah. single list. Top seven, I don't know, shows that you should watch or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, Leftovers is much closer to my, like, particular trauma than this is. I don't yeah, have yeah. any, like, history of physical or sexual abuse in my life, but, like, there's some stuff in leftovers that hits me a lot harder so it's always going to be my number one uh when i'm comparing it to these kind of trauma-based shows mr robot you know really strong performance i thought uh had a couple questions that they wanted answers to or that a couple commonly seen plot holes that we didn't talk about i think and whether they thought they were a plot hole or not number one dom uh, Jason's of the opinion that seeing her fall asleep in that plane tells us that her story arc is done. She's confident her family is safe and the Dark Army doesn't care about her any longer and she can finally sleep. It's a DVD extra where the plane goes down. <laughs> exactly. So, seeing this whole series, how do you feel about the airport sequence? Because I still feel like that is like bizarre it. television. I didn't like the tone. I didn't yeah. like the the fantastical nature of it and what I now view as a true reality. It's it's almost like, like Sam Esmail's plot, like like storyboarding out season four, and it's like shit. I don't have a satisfying answer for Darlene or Dom. Here's an episode where to me it felt like Sam was going for something. He was going for a subverted rom com kind of thing, mm-hmm. yeah. and for me it just didn't work. Because I don't like those movies. I don't like the choice of music. I didn't like the tone yeah. clash with the rest of the show. Yeah. Even though in other areas I've liked the tonal clash. Like that ALF episode is great. Yeah. The, the road trip episode. Yeah, but like Jason says, like this, this... Yeah, it just didn't work for me. I think he's right mm-hmm. that we're supposed to understand this. I yep. just don't know that the show did a great job of of telling this within its weird psychological puzzle box structure it's the one thing where like well, i think everybody like, was... like so that that one episode like four episodes ago is the one thing where t- where like sam's like okay time out everybody we're done puzzle boxing all right none of this means anything right. it's just and then we go right back to the puzzle boxing up until like the last 10 minutes of this this particular finale but well, you got a few moments of that and they were both like these strangely done things like look at tyrell's death right tyrell's yes. death everybody was like fucking this is not the end of Tyrell. Tyrell's yes. coming back. Bonsoir, Elliot. I want to fucking hear it again. Mm-hmm. No, Tyrell was fucking dead in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you just, 
you weren't ready to let go of that, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing happened with Dom. People were looking for, like, there's an airplane crash. We know this has been hinted at many times. And in both cases, Sam Esmail did things to prop up that and had to have known that that would prop up speculation. But at the same time, I think he put a definitive stamp on it. Like, the idea that Dom falls asleep on this plane Mm -hmm. is her letting go. Mm -hmm. It's her conclusion. That's all you need to know about Dom Mm -hmm. to know that the rest of her life is going to be more pleasant than the last year has been. Unless that was just a put on by Irv and they're going to have dark army but guys meet But it's clear now that it's not, right? Or or if it is, it's unknowable. We're we're not privy to that information and sure. so why speculate? Uh point number 2, what did Tyrell see? Close related. I think I took it we were supposed to think that he saw his child uh be happy and that it was okay to die, that he could finally relax and stop chasing some unattainable feat. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what I think is a valid thing to understand. It's just I think there was a way if you really want to stop doing the mystery box in these scenes, there's ways to do that. You know, like actually having Irv show up to tell them everything was okay did the opposite for a lot of people. Yeah. Like the the episode would be so much less ambiguous if they just got on Prague and I guess this is it. We're going to make it and, you know, like just leave Irv out of it. But uh, third point, White Rose's machine. Was it anything? I was under the impression that we should view her as a sophisticated cult leader, one who's convinced so many people that she can really build a machine to take them to a better world. And with everything collapsing, even she believed it, much like a cult leader taking their own poison Kool-Aid. In the past, when she tested the machine, it only gave her subjects cancer. Elliot's dad, who I believe volunteered because of his guilt for abusing Elliot. Angela's mom volunteered because of the guilt she felt at sleeping with Philip. Both thought it would take them to a world where they didn't fail. Uh... I mean, yeah, those are those are. I think those are absolutely fine. That that's the one I have the least problems with. Like White Rose, I think, yeah, she's a Jim Jones type. She believed in this paradise, and as it crashed down around her ears, she blew her head off because she really wanted. What to else believe could it. she do? Yeah, yeah. She everything else was was. I don't know, but like, I do wonder if she had shipped the Congo project, if it would have literally destroyed the entire world. Yeah, I mean, there. I think there are still some questions around that yeah that they the show doesn't care to answer yeah because that's not the point um there, there's a but threat. it does leave me scratching my head in some spots like mm-hmm. around angela what so what did angela see that so convinced her that this was a real thing there's an interesting thread that i saw where people uh, an early uh mr robot or not had gone through like uh the first three seasons in the last week and their startling revelation <laughs> is that philip price never lies like Philip Price is the Rosetta Stone of Mr. Robot. Um, whatever he proclaims is the literal unvarnished truth. So when he says that White Rose's machine is delusional, that she's a fanatic, that the rest of the world leaders, the rest of Deus Group are kind of laughing privately behind her back, that is the truth. That they supported her because they were making them making the collectively they were becoming richer and more powerful, but they all privately thought that she's a little cuckoo with this Congo project. That that idea that Philip doesn't lie isn't something I had picked up on, but if that's true, then yeah, I guess you could take that to the bank. Yeah, but I know, like I said, just I, don't I, try and deposit it as ecoin because it yeah. will all be gone. Yeah, it will. It will just be redistributed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move on to Tom Jones, our resident therapist, who's written a couple times this season and throughout the run of the show. Just like by saying thanks to you guys for making this show more fun with your insight and predictions. Well, thank you, you very much. Welcome. Yeah, it's lovely for you to notice. I look forward to keeping it going with Better Call Saul coming up here very soon. It's that is coming Puzzle very Box. soon. Puzzle Box season five. Oh yeah, Better Call Saul. Oh is yeah, it five or six. I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah, all the black and white footage takes place in another dimension. Right. 
uh, where everyone gets paid in Cinnabon. Uh, for my, uh, so anyway, uh, for my final thoughts, I'd like to zoom out and try to look at what Sam was trying to say. Mm. Finale being about humanity and individual case study tells me that the show is a personal message as opposed to some cosmic sci-fi message. And through that lens, I enjoy looking at the show as an allegory for trauma, our responses to it, and hopefully how to avoid unhealthy coping strategies. Let's look mm -hmm. at how characters have responded to trauma. Angela becomes gullible and willing to be manipulated to avoid the truth. Darlene runs away from Elliot because she can't handle his trauma. White Rose tries to control her pain by attempting to change her reality into a more pleasant one. And Elliot lives in denial by literally hiding information from himself so he won't have to live in a painful world. Plus, early on, he was addicted to drugs. Let me, let me revisit something else I just thought about. Who is the persona that met Vera? It wasn't I assume it's mastermind. mastermind. Why? Why do, you, why do you say that? I don't because him and Mr. Robot were talking, right? Like that, like when they were talking about who, when, when they realized that Darlene told them something and they didn't know it, they had this big intense fight. That wasn't Elliot Prime arguing with Mr. Robot, right? And it wasn't the mom and it wasn't the little kid. It seems like Elliot Prime woke up and dealt with Vera. See, that's I say. I, I don't mm. know if that tracks. I don't know if that tracks at all. Not sure. Uh, again, I'm waiting for that YouTube video to come out. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Elliot lives in denial by literally hiding information from himself, so he won't have to live in a painful world. Um, so between these two characters, we have manipulation, controlling behaviors, denial, and numbing behaviors all being utilized to try to avoid pain. However, as we now know, hiding from pain generally makes it worse, which is why the mastermind has to stop trying to protect the quote-unquote real Elliot by hiding the painful truth from him and step out of the way so Elliot can begin to feel his experiences and try to heal. In that respect, I found the ending absolutely beautiful and poignant reminder that sometimes we need to let or get out of our own way to heal and grow. Uh, mm -hmm. I have no problem with that interpretation. It seems like a tracks to me, and I appreciate all your insights as well, Tom. Justin... For me, hands down, the most powerful scene of the finale was Darlene's confession that she knew the whole time that our Elliot was just an altar. Yeah. How pure that sh all she wanted was to be close to her brother. That said, I couldn't help but see Elliot's wheels turning when he asked her, why weren't you too close before? What does he do? And Elliot said, please tell me he's a total dick so I can justify seeing his ass back to Hill Valley. <laughs> Darlene says he didn't do real anything. Elliot's like, oh, he waits a day before returning text. Ah, fuck it. Anyway, I love the cast and felt this ending fitting and beautiful. Esmail was never condescending. He respected our intelligence and built a four-tiered adventure around it all. Our nostalgia, our shared loneliness, our capitalism fatigue, and our desire to be emotionally challenged. Twas a perfect bookend. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about that scene, especially from Darlene's side. Like, that idea that, you know, she left because she couldn't deal with what Elliot was yeah. dealing with. Like, she didn't know how to how to process that trauma and so just you know in in the same way but also very different uh she dealt with it the way that elliot did which mm. is she ran from mm. it like elliot ran into other personas she just fucking took off yeah so she didn't have to deal with his trauma which i thought was it was it was an interesting way of having that character like i i came to a clearer understanding of who darlene was and why mm. she was doing the things she was doing throughout the entire series and even before it in just a couple of seconds and a few lines. It was really good. Yeah, I thought that, that scene was great too. Uh, Tom W., 
Absolutely love the season finale of Mr. Robot. I've been anticipating it and making sure to set aside the full 95 minutes to be entirely focused, but I ended up screwing it up by watching the episodes in the wrong order. Oh, what the fuck? As it turns out, it <laughs> works just fine. Episode 13 packed almost the entirely same punch, <laughs> even with the murder of True Elliot abruptly happening right before the episode opened. But I can see it working, right? It, it, totally. Because like it's, it leaves with them like, like, what are you doing in my apartment? Who are you? And then it, it starts with him boxing him up. It's like, oh, well, he just uh -huh. murdered him. <laughs> right. During and now the he's trying to take his life because yeah, it's no. a better life. Yeah. You don't get like that he kind of created that version of Elliot, but you don't need it because Krista's going to say it all later in the right, episode. Right, right. Uh, they continue. Wow, that's hilarious. Everything in episode 12 was well enough implied by episode 13 that I didn't yeah. feel like I missed anything in retrospect other than why Price was at Elliot's wedding. Though I was getting back to what seemed like a perfect ending in the series, I wondered how could anything come after this. While the true episode 12 was a little more rote, already knowing exactly how this world is about, or what this world is about, I still enjoy seeing it all played out. I think that would be hilarious. Does you get all the way through thirteen at the tunnel of light and like, uh, hot damn! This last episode must be amazing. And then Elliot's stuck in a loop again, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it totally reverses the outcome of the ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, because that man, you almost wish you could have a weird experience like that just to try it on. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wow. Thanks for sharing that with us, Tom. David M. Uh, so White Rose's machine was just a tool so the S-Mail could fake us out. All that buildup and speculation about the machine and what it does and doesn't work and whether, or wait. All that speculation about the machine and what it does do and what it doesn't and will it work, but no payoff, no answers. Its only purpose was to misdirect us for the finale. Did I miss something? White Rose shot herself in the head and promised Angela was still alive. Are we supposed to just forget that and be in awe of S-Mail's creative storytelling? So this is like, I think, representative of like the negative takes. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I think that you're supposed to understand that White Rose's machine was how a multi-billionaire, that's their unhealthy coping system. Yeah. That's what they do in lieu of drugs and gambling and, you know being an adrenaline junkie or, or self that that's their self-destructive behavior. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it was a kind of, kind of a MacGuffin, but I mean, she really committed to it. Like the fact that mm -hmm. there is a room in Washington township, uh, power plant that has this old computer set up. That's got the fish in it. That's hooked up to a kill switch. Like, uh, -huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that all tracks, but it is a long way to go. It is a long way to go to, to, to the reveal that we got. Yeah, for sure. But the fact that she shot her, that to me, that's where, uh, even as though I was really trying to brace myself that nothing sci-fi was going to happen, like, that's true believer, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that that's that's Jim Jones drinking his own Kool-Aid. Yeah. And when you say it that way, it, that can absolutely happen. It has happened in real life. But that almost convinced me that, like, oh, my God, maybe this is, she, she genuinely believed it was going to work. It, it, this wasn't like a con. Yeah. No, no, I don't think it was a con. I think yeah. it might have been a delusion, but yeah. certainly not a con. Yeah. So, uh, Jared W., with uh, some closure on something we'd been wondering about the last few weeks, uh, they went back and watched and says, I think there's been some curiosity and confusion about whether Darlene knew about the abuse uh, Elliot suffered, and during a season two rewatch this week, mm -hmm. one piece of dialogue stood to make it pretty clear that she didn't. This is in a she flashback. Didn't? Ooh. 
Uh, yeah, so this isn't a flashback where she shows up to watch the careful massacre of the bourgeoisie right before Elliot first explains his scheme to take down E-Corp. Her insinuation that her mom was unfairly cruel to her their dad suggests that she thinks he was just a normal good dad who died when she was very young and not a monster. The dialogue goes as follows. Darlene, do you still see mom? Elliot, not really. You? Darlene, fuck no. She still shits on dad every time I talk to her. I wish I remembered him better. Also, according to grave markers... Wait, how does that insinuate anything? Um, well, okay, so if she knew that Elliot's father sexually abused uh, him, she okay, wouldn't yeah, yeah. be like, I don't know why she shits on dad all the time, you know? Yeah, And also, according to uh, Edward's grave marker and Darlene's FBI files and her date of birth, she was only like four years old and three months when Edward died. And that's yeah. right at the hazy like you might remember a memory or two you probably remember your brother swinging a baseball bat at your dad and then jumping out the window mm -hmm. but you're not going to remember a lot of context around that so i so, think so does that that man. this is pretty compelling that she didn't know about the abuse does that imply that she took off that she found out about it later and took off because she didn't know how to deal with it because like the, that no. scene in the hospital implies to me that she did at some point know about it just, and she left because she couldn't, she didn't know how to process huh. that trauma that Elliot was working through. You could be right. Or she didn't know exactly what his trauma was. She just knew that he was having a hard time and she didn't know how to help him. That was my interpretation that not only she was, he's having a hard time, but his behavior is so bizarre. Like, yeah. you know, setting server rooms on fire, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you just think about all the self destructive behavior that we've seen him do in this season. Like, if Darlene had gone through everything, and you know, we see that Darlene had damage and panic attacks, but like, she seemed like she was the quote unquote sane one. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, she's fairly young. She went through this the same experience, but she's not as, as off skew as her brother. And like, I could see her as her own form of uh, coping mechanism, just disconnecting from all that. Like, yeah. I have a crazy family. Elliot's part of the crazy family, and fuck all of them. Yeah. So, okay. and yeah, like I said, you know, you put it that way, it's not a irrational decision to, to, to pull back from the, those, those crazy people. Uh, Mate, I think is how you pronounce his name. It could be Matey. Uh, it could be Mate. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of diacritic marks on this name. Oh boy. But I'm going to go with Mate. Okay. And hopefully I didn't butcher it too bad. Has some generic, general and specific praise that I think we've already kind of covered about the, uh, their feelings about the series and, and this uh, episode in particular. Um, but as someone who both loved the show and the finale, they have some lingering questions for us. They want to know, are you generally happy with how everyone's character stories were concluded? Yes. I think with when I'm talking about the big... Tr the the the. <laughs> When I talk about Dar D Darlene and Elliot, yes, you start getting like Dom Angela. pretty much. Ange Ange Angela, I so I've never liked Angela uh -huh. as a character. I thought she's been just really weirdly written, mm -hmm. um, especially in season two. Um, and season three was no different. So yeah, I, I don't like her character. I don't feel like it was uh, concluded well either. Can I tell you something? Now that I've seen the whole series, I think I'm on board with you. Like really? I liked Angela because I thought um, she had uh, some weird charisma, mm -hmm. and I thought what she was doing was very interesting. I actually liked her the most in season two, when she go when she went into like her white robe, uh, slippers, mm -hmm. you know, like Staring covering everyone's TV, faces yeah. with electrical tape kind of thing. Like I thought that was going to lead up to something, and it didn't. 
like she was essentially a MacGuffin. I feel like I've used that word a lot. Mm-hmm. She's essentially a MacGuffin of why Elliot's keeping fighting in this season. Yeah. Like to avenge her death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then she's a fantasy carrot for to keep the real Elliot occupied in a dream world. So I think her, as, as vital as she was to the narrative in the beginning seasons, I don't think they did her justice. But then everybody else, like, well, Mr. Robot's never real. Uh, right. All the other people right. are dead. Like I, the, the, those I, I are. I think White Rose's conclusion, oh. when when contextualized properly, is fantastic. Yes. Uh, I think P- Philip Price's conclusion is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the number one, the number one character I want to hear you talk about is Tyrell. No, I don't I know you have strong feelings. About I, the Wellicks, I hate him. I hate yeah. him, and I think I'm going to always hate him. I don't. I don't understand what role they served in the narrative, other than to again be another example of maladaptive coping strategies. Because yeah, they they though they collectively had a bushel of them. Yeah, it does seem like a four season arc that amounts essentially to a stepping stone for Elliot mm-hmm. along the way to like sort of open back up a little bit. Yeah, and I did so so just, I think that Sam El- Sam, Sam Elliott <laughs> Sam Elliott had all the answers contained in his mustache. Yeah, go go just to Sam Elliott's blog. He, he had all the yeah he had unraveled this mystery long before anyone else. I think Sam Esmail obviously had a lot of this sketched out from the beginning, but mm-hmm. I don't think he had every single plot line like I don't think he knew what he's going to do. I don't think he knew that there's a character named Irv. I don't think this taxidermy. Oh, no. Like like some of this there stuff. There isn't time in a two hour movie for. He had a all coloring book, and then he colored in the pages yeah. as each season went past. And I think some of this stuff is just like I think the Ty- like Tyrell was supposed to be like the dark version of Elliot and kind of the big bad, and then he was subverted to be an ally, and then he became like an emotional sounding board and a mirror. And yeah. but I don't think any of it quite worked. Um, okay. so yeah, I, I think I agree. I agree with that in retrospect. I agree with that for like the earlier Tyrell stuff. I think as we progressed, like, especially in season four, I think there was a little bit more point to Tyrell as a character, mm-hmm. but it was such a long journey to get there. And so right. much of it seemed almost unnecessary. Like exactly. you, you could have made this point much more concisely. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I think there's elements here and there that I liked, but like to me, his character was just weaving lane to lane, switch, you know, sometimes going down one way streets reverse. And like I, that, that, that just feels the met the by far the messiest of the important character arcs. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people dug him. So what do I know? Uh, part two, Mate wonders, are we mad or frustrated? There are still questions will never be answered, such as what Elliot did after five, nine and those missing three days. Um, there's, I mean, there's definitely, and I've laid out a lot of points where I think Esmail did leave a couple of holes or somebody answered questions. Maybe they're answered. If you watch everything again with fresh eyes, um, the answers just aren't immediately obvious to me. And I also don't know that I like answers that you have to go back and watch 40 more hours of television to get everything to, but okay. I'm not mad. I, I feel you on that. I, I So I think a non-answer can be an answer. Hmm. Um, and I think in the case of like White Rose, the non-answer is the answer. 
Hmm. Uh, like, like, it's, it's so because I the fact that they don't go all sci-fi, that they don't show this machine, it should be telling us that this was a delusion, right? That this was something okay. that she bought into. And he had multiple characters in a position to know authoritatively say that yes, for my insider position, this right. is all nonsense and bullshit. And they could have subverted that, and they could have given us more, and they could have said, "Here's the machine, here's what mm-hmm. it does, mm-hmm. and it works or it doesn't work," but they didn't. And so, to me, that says that that isn't the question. You're you're asking the wrong question what is the machine um and they do that with a couple of other characters yeah but yeah the 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 big questions getting a non-answer to me has sort of forced me to recontextualize the questions i was asking in the first place okay uh point the third do you think tyrell is dead yes yeah 100 percent uh point four do you plan on rewatching a show now that you know all the mysteries that the show contains no 100 (laughs) percent Uh, you guys said it could be the most potentially the most rewarding rewatch in TV history. I agree, but we have lashed ourself to this ship, and this ship is all about weekly television shows and yeah. immediate takes and and turning it around fast. It's not about like going back and being the uh, exhaustive, definitive post hoc look at a show and if i if we if bald move as an outfit that did two or three youtube videos a month mm-hmm. um then my february or my january would be obsessively going through every frame and ripping things to make a uh, a youtube video to be sure to be demonetized because usa would put a claim to it about all these <laughs> things but like that's just not what we do and like if i was yeah. just a fan and this is the only show i was excited about yes and yep. i if 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 I don't blame anyone for doing that, because I bet it would be rewarding. And maybe maybe when we can slow down at some point, I would do it again. But I got no fucking time. Yes. To rewatch four seasons of a show because I got four seasons of other shows coming up. They're yes. brand new. And and man, I haven't played through Control yet. I got a lot of video games on my stack too. Yep. I got to get through. Yeah, I'm watching, trying to watch the expand. There's like just it's it's not yeah. going to stop. Like if 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 people would if if the world would stop and I could do it, then but I can't. Blame so. Netflix uh let's see number five what are your thoughts about the whole season two now that the show's over did the, that season change your perspective on it nah like i said Still i, I can i can see that it was necessary because you have to tell that story about the visual like the the metaphoric prison so mm-hmm. that this so you can do that and then you can you can do all that heavy lifting now so that the or then so that the the finale works but i think there was i think season two certainly it was a a lot of concentrated heavy lifting like yeah. and and but also lots artsy. of filler too because i felt like that's that's the one yeah. thing that needed to be told in season two and everything else was justifying its existence i, I don't really dislike all the pieces i just don't like the yeah. way they fit together yeah and the internet and, and the internet and us doing this as a job kind of ruined it because i've heard uh-huh. multiple multiple times that people on like a, a binge kind of watch like season two just goes down like uh fucking chocolate sunday sure but when you're trying to figure out what the fuck it's doing week to week it's it was a frustrating watch uh number six what's your favorite season and favorite individual episode of the show four has been fucking amazing uh, i like i, I, I think would have said argument three between... last season but just the the scope of what they've done with four um some of those performances some of the the different ways like yes there are standout episodes that i don't like uh-huh um that that Dom and Darlene, that Dom Lean mm-hmm. episode is like, uh, mm-hmm. okay. But they did so much interesting, cool stuff. They did, had the biggest hacks of the entire series in mm-hmm. this season. I think this has been a great season. 
I think season three is my favorite. Yeah, because it's everything that season four had. Um, it's gimmicky episode. The it's one take episode was mm. better than this gimmicky episode. The, the, the no dialogue. The no dialogue episode. Um, the season finale or the series finale was good, but I don't think great. And I I, I wanted it to be more mind blowing than it was. And I thought that the setup for season three subverted like i i remember the 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 finale of season three did such a great job of like paying off the time travel motifs without actually doing the time travel uh-huh. that that actually was like impressive like that changed that that was the thing that ultimately changed my mind about sam esmail as a creator and you know i, I think that's this is a consistently solid excellent season of television and season four approaches that and if it had a just a just a oh fuck kind of season finale Series finale, I think it would have been better. Oh yeah, but as it is, I think season three is a little bit more enjoyable for me. Okay, for me. Uh, and then, uh, what about favorite episode? Because it's either the Alpha episode or the one shot episode. Because that one shot episode of the the big hack reversal was just one of the most exciting things I've seen on television ever. Yeah, storming the the yeah. court building. And, uh, and and using that not as a showy technique, but as a way to build tension and like stakes and the ticking time. Like it, it's amazing. It is great. Great. And Alf, the Alf episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a super memorable episode. The the road trip episode, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, it almost justifies season two's existence. And I bet it's better in <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. Oh, I like, bet. A yeah. lot better. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I uh, bet now knowing that now, I might actually go back and watch just that one episode to well, that, recontextualize that's, uh, it back to this point for about rewatching the thing is i've watched like three hours of youtube that, of just like compilations uh, of like previous scenes and you know half this episode was that yeah yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. joking but but yeah you know what i'm saying uh i i think you can't overlook 407 for what the the vera uh vera oh, Krista God, Elliot yes. episode that episode yes. is so fucking good and say what you want about its structure as sort of a three act or five act play, whatever the hell it mm-hmm. was, the acting alone makes that one of the best pieces of television I saw this year, period. Yeah. Let alone the best of this series. And I, yeah, those three episodes would probably be at my top two. Yeah. That, that was a, as uh, well. You, you're right. The performances and the writing, um, I get, and I had my problems with some of how arty it got, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, the performances are amazing. Yeah. And then finally, uh, what was the significance of Unreal Tyrell shooting Elliot and trying to bury him? I just want to hear your interpretation. <laughs> Fuck me if I know, man. I think it's just Mr. Robot fighting. Like he's, this is them, this is like uh, Agent Smith and Neo fighting in the reality of their mind. Mm. You know, uh, it, it but doesn't But this is not make... the Tyrell of that universe either, right? Like that's the other thing. Well, neither it's, was Angela. None of these people. Like that's like yeah, I think the true. reveal is when you're at the wedding rehearsal and all of Elliot's friends and like they're all just these faceless people. They're all yeah, the it goes the, off the rails. Yeah, like it's like you just that 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 exposed the facade that the Angela's mm-hmm. not real. Yeah, Tyrell's not real. They're all you in some way, which is why fake Elliot or like real Elliot could hear what fake Elliot was saying because they're literally the same mind space. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I, I I think it's just yeah, it's just it's just Mr. Robot. Um, this 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 whole episode, the last two episodes, was Mr. Robot's plan to show Elliot, mastermind Elliot, what he's done, yeah. and why it has to stop. And that is the answer to most of these weird questions. It's just Mr. Robot trying to do something. Mm-hmm. So 
that is how we are going to leave Mr. Robot. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots more to say on the subject. There'll be lots more digital ink spilled. Uh, they're still having a grand old time with the rewatch party over on r slash Mr. Robot and in some sections of our forums. Uh, and I will probably follow along with that at a distance. But uh, this is our this is our coverage. I imagine that Mr. Robot will probably make some noise in the Baldies. That's our oh, annual yeah. award show. I mean, if not the show itself, the actors certainly will yeah. be the Golden Globes here. We'll ignore the show and just give <laughs> Rami the award. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, a, amazing directing, writing, uh, <laughs> characters, the performances. What you think of the show? I didn't care for it. Uh, but yeah, no. The, so the Baldies we don't know is the annual award show that we do in late January of every year, where mm-hmm. we look back at the last year of television and movies, and we talk about the performances and we give our stupid little rewards for. Uh, I could see my yeah, it's gonna be another couple of weeks in the future. Maybe there'll be some some things that, that there'll be kind of new nuggets that we come out with. But uh yeah. Yeah, all that's um on the Bald Move TV feed. If you're yeah. not subscribed to that, check that out. That's coming up sooner than I think. Yes. It's it's almost January already and soon. that'll be late January. So Yeah. But uh I do appreciate everyone that's been on I know we weren't we didn't we didn't cover this in season one. We did do some bald move television stuff on it. Right. But thank you for everyone that's been on this three year journey with us. Yeah, what a bummer. Our first season covering it was the Season two. Worst yeah, season of we the show. really got off on the wrong foot with that show the yeah. show. But I think oh, we well. recovered. It like the show uh-huh. itself. Recovered we recovered nicely. And uh, you know, we'll be having lots of stuff to talk about in the new season. I know we are going to continue taking a look at the expanse, which came out a couple weeks ago. I'm halfway done with the season and loving it. Uh there's Picard. We're big Star Trek fans. Yeah. We will 20, be getting science 23rd. fiction. There will be sci-fi elements to Picard. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Just a mystery box. Riker's got this machine he built, and, you know, it's all... It's all about Counselor Troy coming to grips with the many times she was psychically raped in the Star Trek episodes oh, no. and movies. Yeah. Oh, no. There's, there's a, she's got a persona for every time it happens, so there's like seven or eight of them. It, the show is called Mr. Data, <laughs> and it's all just... Uh, data petting cats i don't know uh it's funny that show about data would not be called mr robot uh-huh. uh it's called mr data but we'll be talking about that we also got better call saul and uh, so many more shows coming back next year and new shows we don't even know mm-hmm. don't even know maybe we'll get another watchman in 2020 i doubt another it but, chernobyl but another yeah yeah who knows uh follow along nothing ever ends at bald move and all the social medias you want to keep abreast with that and uh, have a great and happy new year. Enjoy the last of 2019 and ring in 2020 in a safe, safe and happy and successful manner. And we'll see you when we see you. Bonsoir, friendo. Bonsoir.